Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. It won't be long. Your life will pass by as a vapor and you will stand before the judgment seat of God. And every secret deed and thought, every wrinkle, every spot will be in view. Before the one who knows all things The Lord of Lord and King of Kings You know the one you never knew While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is the shelter from the coming storm All creation shakes at the mention of his name He has power over life and death Every knee will bow and tongue confess Heaven and earth will proclaim That Jesus Christ is Lord To the glory of the Father Will you bow, will you surrender To His majesty He can save you from the might Of all your sin the fight in which he stands in perfect victory while you have breath you have a choice to make in life turn away from your sin and believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter from the coming storm While you have breath 
you have a choice to make in life Turn away from all your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter From the coming storm He's the only shelter From the coming storm Today we know that the coming storm has broken and it is upon us. Momentous events are taking place in Israel. Tragic events are taking place in Israel today. Many prophetic words have been spoken. Keep your eyes on Israel. Why? Because we're watching the unfolding of the final events of Earth's history. Now, because this is happening, we could spend the entire broadcast today bringing you the latest details of what is transpiring there, the loss of life, the planned invasion of Gaza. But that is not focus that is primarily on my heart. And I pray it is not your primary focus. I heard a man recently say, I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. No, his focus is in the wrong place as well. He wanted to include me that I am saved. I just kept my mouth shut. Whether I am saved or lost is not the primary focus of my heart. The primary focus of my heart and my mind is singular. The primary focus of my concern is a man by the name of Jesus Christ. My focus is not on whether I am saved or lost. My primary focus is on Jesus and what my relationship with Jesus is. Does he have the concern and the love and the obedience of my heart? That's the concern I have. When a man says or a woman says, I'm saved, I'm on my way to heaven. 
then I've watched closely and I don't see the fervor. I don't see the fire of the Holy Spirit. I don't see the power of God moving through that person for the salvation of the souls. I question. In Acts, the eighth chapter, a great persecution has broken out against the body of Jesus. There was a murder, the stoning death of Stephen, a very prominent and holy man in the Christian community. When this took place, a great persecution began against all of the Christians who were in Jerusalem. And like a fist coming down on the church, they were spread. Men and women were being taken and dragged off against their will and placed in prison. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and he began there to proclaim the Christ. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs that he did, they all called close attention to what he said. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of men and many paralytics and cripples were healed. There was great joy in the city. If a man or a woman is functioning in the way they need to function with a primary focus on Jesus Christ, the result will be a city with great joy in it because they see the captive set free, the sick healed. It will be a time of exceeding great excitement and joy. Now, as they preached, there was a man named Simon who had practiced sorcery in the city. He'd amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great. And all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, This man is the divine power known as the great power. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his magic. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God, this was not entertainment. Simon was an entertainer. This was not entertainment. This was real. He was preaching the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. They believed in, they were baptized in his name. And interestingly, Simon himself believed and was baptized. And he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. He knew he could not perform those miracles. 
These were not entertainment things from the demonic powers of darkness. This was not sorcery. This was real. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They'd simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and the people there received the Holy Spirit. Now this was of of great interest to Simon, the magician, Here was a new power that he hoped to exploit in some way for making money. So he offered the apostle Peter money and said, Give me also this ability so that everyone upon whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter's answer we need to pay very close attention to. He said, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money? You have no part or share in this ministry. Oh, wait a minute, he was baptized. He was a believer in Jesus. But Peter is saying, no, you'll have no part in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. No, I want to stop there. Many today have been baptized in the name of Jesus. They say they are saved, but their heart is not right before God. And then Peter says, repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. This man has been baptized. He considers himself a part of the church. But Peter has looked deep into his heart. And he sees that there is bitterness in his heart. Life has not gone as he had planned. Life has not provided him with all that he expected. No, he's gone to the demonic to gain what he wanted. He has lived and functioned in the demonic realm. Now he has accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But he is still full of bitterness. He is captive to sin. He has been converted, but he has not been changed. He still lives the same old, same old life. Now this is, this is very troublesome to me because I see this happening today where people say, I believe in Jesus. I'm a Christian, 
but they continue to live their worldly life with their worldly entertainment, with their worldly goals, but they've not been changed. When you come to Jesus Christ, there must be a radical change in the way you live and what you value. You no longer walk in the darkness of the passions of your heart. You have been changed. The Holy Spirit has come in and he has begun a scrubbing process in your heart. You are changed. You don't lust after the things of darkness. You lust your lust is gone. You're a, new, you're a new creature. You live in a new way. Now as I look at this, Simon has been told that he is full of bitterness and he is full of sin. He does not believe the word of Peter to him. Instead, he responds, Pray to the Lord for me so that nothing you have said may happen to me. He's been told you cannot really have a part of Christ because your heart is full of bitterness. You're full of wickedness. But you've been baptized. And you believe you're on your way to heaven. But the evidence of an inward change, you've lost it. I can't think of any worse situation than to be told by the top apostle, you're full of sin. You're full of bitterness. And you say, well, pray that that doesn't happen. Wait, wait, wait a minute. It's already happened. Your heart is already full of bitterness. You're already full of sin. Don't, don't pray that this won't happen. Pray that I will repent, that I will turn aside from this wickedness that has filled my heart. As I shared last week, let your heart be bent by Almighty God. Some of you listen to this broadcast regularly. But there's no change in your heart. Because you don't believe that there's any wickedness in your heart. You don't search your heart before a holy God. You don't let the Holy Spirit bend you toward the table of the Lord instead of the table of the witches. And because of that, you have no part. You see why my primary focus is not on, on Ray Greenley saying to you, I'm somebody. I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. Really? Are you sure? 
That's why my focus is on Jesus. Because only Jesus can, can bend our hearts toward the light. Only Jesus can ignite us with the power of the Holy Spirit. Only Jesus can through us make a city glad. See, we need the truth of Jesus that transforms our lives and makes us into a different person that takes our pride and our arrogance that takes from us our self-confidence. About six months ago, I fell. I fell down the stairs and I broke my hip. I didn't choose to go to a doctor. The Lord said, wait upon the Lord. Well, now I know why he said, wait upon the Lord. Because, wow. It exposed my pride. It exposed me fully. And is still exposing me. So I cry to the Lord. I stand on the promises of God for healing. The greatest need in the Christian church today is that we would give up our pride. That we would give up our self-confidence. We'd give up our our faulty belief that we're saved and we're on our way to heaven. We'd let Jesus make that decision. So here we find Simon. Pray to the Lord that none of this will happen to me, that I won't have any of this. Well, he's already got it. I find passage of scripture I keep going back to. It's very, very helpful to me. This is Galatians, the fifth chapter. You, my brothers, verse 13, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. You know that you are indulging your sinful nature if there is not an outpouring of love from your heart for your brothers and sisters where you serve them. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out, or you'll be destroyed by each other. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. 
we find Simon was gratifying the desires of the sinful nature to be somebody, to be somebody important, to have standing, to be recognized, to be filled with pride. Verse 17, for the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit. The spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature. They're in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under law. Well, what are the acts of the sinful nature? What are the the passions that we have to watch for? What are the passions that we give in to? First one listed, sexual immorality. In other words, pornography. Lust. Shacking up with somebody. Impurity. Debauchery. Now, everyone who is as Simon may not be involved in fornication or adultery, but for sure they're involved in idolatry. What is idolatry? Idolatry is when I refuse to submit to Jesus Christ. When I value my own life and my own passions in a way that makes them number one on my list. Witchcraft. Hatred. Discord. Jealousy. Bits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is what he was full of. His heart was full of bitterness. Simon had a bitter heart because he was not accomplishing in his life what he thought he deserved to accomplish. He was blocked. People stood in his way. People did not see him as the great person he considered himself to be. See why I can't Focus on me. I don't trust me. These are all the passions of the human soul, the human heart. Oh, not everyone. You can say, oh, I'm not committing adultery. I'm not fornicating. I'm not even looking at pornography. I'm somebody great. No, you're not. Because you'll have a spirit of 
discord or jealousy or or rage or selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness. In other words, a lack of love, a lack of compassion. Simon did not have compassion for Peter. He denied what Peter was saying and said, Oh no, I'm not like that. Speaking in the last weeks about don't lie to the Holy Spirit. Don't ask the Holy Spirit. Don't say things about the Holy Spirit. Don't say things about yourself that are not true. Don't lie to God about you, but be truthful, be honest, be straight up. I love Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love. See, we come to a place where we have to make a decision. Are we going to be unalterably given over to Jesus and submit ourselves to whatever he wants? Yes. Simon wouldn't do that. He wouldn't even start the process. Love covers over such a multitude of sins. If you belong to Jesus Christ, you have utterly crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires, and you are called to live by the Holy Spirit in total unalterable dedication and focus on Jesus Christ. Not on yourself, not on what he's accomplished in you. Oh, I'm a, I'm a good person. Now don't go there. Go to Jesus. Let Jesus' judgment of your life be all that matters to you. It's not a question of what you think about you. It's a question of what Jesus thinks about you. It's not a question of whether you think you're a good person. It's a question of what Jesus thinks about you. Does he think you're washed and cleansed and purified and given over to him? It's a question of whether you're conceited. Or 
whether you've let the Holy Spirit utterly destroy and remove from you your passions and your desires. Some of you are just absolutely determined. You're going to do what you want to do. You've done it for years and you're going to continue doing it. Don't tell me I can't do this. Stands in the way of Jesus. So the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruits, singular. It's a a wonderful combination of things. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are all of the things that, that begin to come forth out of a man's heart or a woman's heart when she has utterly, unalterably given herself over to Jesus. And now whatever happens, it's okay. It's okay. No complaint. No bitterness, no anger. No freedom to just go your way. Believe what you want to believe. No, it's a It's not giving over to the to the desires of the sinful man. It's instead giving myself utterly over to the desires of my Lord and my Savior. See why I'm saying this is not about what you think you're going to be or receive. It's It's not about what you think you are. It's about what Jesus thinks you are. It's about what Jesus sees as the fruit of the Spirit growing in your life. The gentleness, the patience, the kindness. If anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. See... I judge myself by not looking at me, but by looking at Jesus. Jesus has the judgment, not me. The evaluation is made based on what Jesus thinks and believes and does. So I wait upon him. You are going to reap what you sow. 
the one who sows to please his sinful nature, like Simon, he will reap destruction. But the one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. What counts is not what I think. What counts is when I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I have to be crucified to Christ. And he to me. And it's in that setting that I can then begin understand humility. I'm not somebody that I don't deserve to be somebody. This morning... When I woke, got up, sat in the chair in my bedroom. My wife brought me something to drink. I sat there with a walker in front of me. With a very painful leg. And all I could say was, Jesus... Thank you. Thank you. I didn't think about what I was going to do today. I thought about who I was going to live my day for and what he wanted from me. I knew I needed to do a broadcast today, so I began to say, Lord, What do you want me to say today? I don't want to speak any words except words that come from your heart, Jesus. You're everything. See, it's not about me. It's about Jesus. It's not about my cynicism, my disappointment. about Jesus how are you with what I'm saying are you full of bitterness and sin or have you cast aside that bitterness and that sin and you've said Jesus you're everything Has the world been crucified to you and have you been crucified to Christ? Have you been crucified to the world? And have you been transformed? 
and changed? And have you entered into the resurrection of Jesus? Have you entered into that place with Jesus where you are in him and he is in you? Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's what it's all about. I'd like to pray with you. I'd like to know if you have been crucified with Christ. See, there's a war on, and people are dying. Children are being raped and murdered. Women are being raped and murdered. Wicked, evil, demonic men are fulfilling their vows of Hamas. That's not where our focus must be. Our focus must be on on Jesus. And trusting that he will bring forth his glory. Yes, they will soon begin building the third temple. Yes, there will be a peace treaty for seven years. Yes, the peace treaty will be broken in the middle of the seven years. Yes, the devil will come in the form of Antichrist. Yes, he will move into the temple of God. Yes, the the godly Jews will escape to Petra. We're going to see amazing things happen in the next very short amount of time. We're going to see signs of the coming of Jesus. But don't lose your focus that those signs of the coming of Jesus mean to you focus on Jesus. Repent of your sins. Turn away. Don't claim innocence as Simon did. Turn aside from bitterness and anger, from utter wickedness. Turn aside. Let your focus be on Jesus. Don't lose your focus. Don't spend your time watching television all day or internet all day wanting to know what's happening in Israel. No, what's happening in your heart. What are you doing in your heart? Are you still filled with bitterness and wickedness? Are you still pursuing the passions of your own flesh? Or are you for Jesus? Oh, Lord. I want nothing to do with indulging the human sinful nature. I want nothing to do with separating people one from another. 
Instead, Jesus, what I want with all of my heart is that men and women everywhere would lift up joyful hands, worshiping you, Jesus. Well, there are many interesting things we could talk about. But I want Jesus. I want the Jesus of Scripture. Not the Jesus of the modern church. Not the cotton candy Jesus. I want the Jesus who is real. Who deals with justice and mercy and righteousness. I want the Jesus who is filled with compassion. I want the Jesus who heals the sick, raises the dead. Almighty God of heaven, I worship you today. I worship you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I worship you. My Father, I worship you. Lord, I'm I'm not going to allow my attention to be drawn to a war in Israel. I'm grateful that you are fully cognizant of everything that's happening and everything there will go to judgment. But Jesus, what I want is for you to dwell in my heart and for me to dwell in your heart. That the focus would be on the Savior who died on the cross. The Savior who shed his blood on Calvary. Who was whipped and beaten and spit upon. Totally disrespected. But who never disrespected back. I want my focus to be on on the Jesus who ascended to the Father in heaven, who came out of that grave now ministers to us in the heavenly sanctuary. Lord, I'm not interested in politics. I'm not interested in church business or church politics. Lord, I'm interested in the righteous versus the unrighteous. I'm interested in those who still yet need to come and be transformed. I'm interested in being totally changed into the likeness of my Savior. I want to be changed with those who also want to be changed, who are willing to give up everything of this world, the flesh and the devil. I want to be with those who want to be with you, Jesus. And who have unalterably agreed with joy to be like you, Jesus. Lord, please come. Please come quickly, oh Jesus.
were looking for the clouds to split open and for the Messiah to come down and the angels to collect all of your people. Jesus, we're looking for you. Because you have our attention. We're looking for you, Jesus, because you have the love of our hearts. And we have the love of your heart. Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your holy name. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I want to thank each one of you who who chooses the kingdom of God over your own kingdom. Who's not offended who's not offended when you're invited to give for the work of the kingdom of God. You can write to me at Pastor Ray Greenley, National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Some of you have tried to call me and have not been able to. I don't know what happened, but I lost my phone. I hope soon to have it replaced. frustrating when you lose your phone and all your contacts. I also invite you to pray for Richard Boyd, Frederick Maryland. I want to thank those of you who have taken the time and live in Frederick to go visit him and encourage his heart. He greatly appreciates that. And I'm Rejoicing that some of you are doing that. We need to be brothers and sisters together, loving one another. Now, in the time we have left, let me invite you also to go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. Thank you, Dirk, this morning for your gift. I'm praying for you, brother. And for Lynn. Now, I also want to just pray for you who are sick, who are broken. Lord, there are people today listening to this broadcast who don't know how they're going to make it through the pain in their body or in their spirit. If they've lost a loved one, and their heart is broken. Or if they're sick, and they don't know how they can make it. Lord, I, I point them to you, Jesus, for you, for you love them. And you're there for them. And you are the, the only one we can trust to just totally give ourselves to. So, Lord, I I thank you 
I'm asking for your glory to be seen in the heart and the life of every true believer today. Lord, some are so discouraged, they're considering giving up. Lord, the devil never did anything for any of us except lie and cheat and steal. Lord, you're the one who has been there to comfort us. You're the one who's been there to lift us up. You're the one who died on Calvary for us. So please, Lord, encourage the discouraged today. Encourage those who are considering giving up. Perhaps even some considering taking their own lives. Lord, I ask for the poured out power of your Holy Spirit to lift your people up in a very discouraging time. Thank you, Jesus. Fill your people with your joy. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Well, my brother, my sister, Jesus loves you. Don't become despondent or discouraged. Look to Jesus. We'll talk soon. God bless you. Of his glory.